if you don't have these things established up front, you might not ever get to them. Yeah, so I think that that's, that's why a timeline is so is so key and, and really just saying, OK, God, what are these milestones we should aim for, work toward, pray toward, motivate us, God, to to really try to hit these markers? And until we do, that's going to determine the pace. Family, multiplication, restoration. I'm Dahadi Lewis. Join me, Noah Odom and Hayden Radden, as we come to you from Atlanta, St. Louis, and Las Vegas, as we seek to add value to your church planning journey. We'll have real-time, authentic conversations that are relevant to the life of the church planner and pastor. Join us as we hear from leaders of this movement from across North America and discover what it really takes to plant churches everywhere for everyone. The world tells us our differences should divide us. But the gospel, it has a different story. Our mission, our calling, His command, is a mission that unites every Christ follower in a way that stands out, a way that doesn't make sense to the world. Join us June 13th and 14th at SEND Conference to be refreshed and celebrate the church together on mission. A free event hosted by the International Mission Board and North American Mission Board of the Southern Baptist Convention. Learn more at sendconference.com. Welcome back to another episode of the We Are Send Network podcast. My name is Noah Oldham here in St. Louis, joined as always by Hayden Ratner, Walk Church in Las Vegas, Nevada. And we have again back with a special guest, Josh Carter. The ineffable, ineffable Josh Carter. Oh, man. Man, so good to have you back. Hey, last episode was so good. We needed another round with you, some more time to spend learning from you, hearing your wisdom. Man, just want to say I'm thankful for your life and thankful for your ministry. And I know that last episode we talked about spiritual warfare. We talked about pace. We talked about some of the hard things that come with church planning. I just want to encourage you and listeners as we get started that your ministry matters. What you have done matters, and it's going to bear fruit Mm. for generations that we will never see. So brother, thank you. Hey, Hyden, I thought today it'd be a cool opportunity for us to do a three by three. We get a guy like Josh here. We want to get as much wisdom from him as possible. And we, we began to kind of move into this subject of timeline last episode church planning timeline. So I'd love for us to do a three by three where we each share three things that we believe are essential for a planter, a pastor to think about as they think about the timeline of the next life cycle of their church. Love for you to start us off, brother. Three by three, talking about shaping and developing a timeline. I feel like this is this is A1 for every church planter, even team members, people thinking about that. So I love this topic. And My first one would really be really simple. Here it is. Have one. Have a timeline. I think that there's value in not just showing up and seeing spontaneously. I guess everything will just fall into place, but I think there's value in having a timeline and writing it down on a board, writing it down in a journal, in your notepad, on your phone, whatever that looks like. I think just having one is key. I'm reminded of the quote from the winningest coach of all time, John Wooden of UCLA. Here's what he says. He says, uh, failing to plan is planning to fail, right? And so I think there's something about planning and saying, okay, we want to get to this place where we launch a a life-giving church in the city. How how are we going to get there? And then start working Mm. maybe even backwards or kind of putting down these different markers and milestones to get to 
a timeline. One book that I remember in our early church planning days was this book called Circle Maker by Mark Batterson. And he basically just says, hey, yeah. there's these things that are that are large in our life that we need to be circling and praying. And I know in our timeline development, it helped our team each stage of the church planning journey, pray for specific things, and then celebrate those things when God did them. And so, yeah, my first point is kind of cliche, but it's it's have one. Pastor yeah, Josh, love it. talk to us about church planting timeline. Yeah, I, I think the next thing I, I would put on that is um, we, we use the word discipleship pathway or leadership pathway right. because um, you're going to have a team, right? And they're your first disciples. You know, you're your first people you've got to develop, you know, to live the mission that you're that that really is going to be your church and your, your way of reaching people. So I would say, um, you know, a pathway to where uh, setting up an environment where your team can come, you're teaching them the things that you want them to teach other people. Yeah. Um, you know, because, again, you want to have for us, we want to have we want to be a church um, of groups, not just with groups. So we want to have mm-hmm. multiple leaders. Well, you can't do that by just sending out be a leader. You have to embody that yourself, having a group of yourself teaching them in that right environment, what it looks like to be a leader. So Good. a discipleship or leadership pathway mm. for your church is so, so key. Yeah. In the shaping of a timeline, you're saying one thing that's essential is have a have a block in there that says, this is when I'm developing our discipleship pathway. Yep. Yep. So good. Yep. Yeah. Love that. Hey, I'm going to take like the macro level of all of this, because when I think of timeline, I think of this phrase, chronological culture. How do you take the culture that mm. God wants you to infuse into a church and put it on a timeline of chronology? And so for me, number one, the first movement of that chronological culture is the liftoff. We often call it the launch. I wanted to use a different phrase because when we we planted, like that liftoff was really, really slow for us. It didn't feel like a launch yeah. because our whole thing was we moved to a city. Uh, we thought we had a we thought we had a core team of about 30 people. And two months before we launched this church, 15 of them, half of them are gone. God takes in other directions. So we got 15 people just pulling this grassroots thing off. None of us are from the city. It's it just it was a lift. It was slow and it was good, but you got to plan for that. We were okay right. with that because the culture that we were seeking to infuse was a culture of relationship, of loving and serving and getting to know the city being learners first uh, as we're proclaiming. Um, our pro- proclamation began almost like a whisper through one-on-one conversations, and then it eventually grew into a roar. And so I'd say, think about that liftoff. Do you want to launch large? Are you going to be more grassroots and cultivate that organically? You need to have a plan because it all affects where you're going. It's the culture that you're building there at the beginning. That's my number one. Love it. Love it. No, so good. The second thing for me that really builds from what Noah just shared, I love that word culture. Culture is, uh, what was it? Peter Drucker said, culture eats strategy for breakfast. That's right. And so, you know, you could have a ton of strategy, but if your culture doesn't allow for it, mm-hmm. the strategy won't survive. Mm-hmm. And so I think that's why the second block that I think is so important for, for me when it comes to shaping a timeline is a timeline bullet point that says develop culture. And I think in this pre-launch phase of developing culture, you get to ask these very important questions to you, your spouse, if you're married, to your team members, if you have a team that is leaning in with you and say, hey, what type of culture do we wanna have? And ask those questions from the jump. Uh, I I love this phrase right here. Um, Culture is either gonna happen by default or it's going to happen by design. 
if culture happens by default, it'll be average. It'll be potentially bad. Yeah. <laughs> it'll t- potentially, it'll be what it, whatever it kind of takes it on its own. But if you, if you have shaped culture by design, you shape it how you want it to be. So good. we use the language life-giving. We want it to be, a, we want to have a life-giving culture. So what goes into life-giving culture? Well, we said we went all the way down to language. What type of language are we going to use when we talk about our church, when we talk about our gatherings, when we talk about our groups, when we talk about our team? What type of values do we want to have that represent, if you cut walk church open, what comes out? Right. What type of values come out? What type of DNA is the language we sometimes use, structure in our church? And so I think there's so much value in having a block in your timeline that just says, hey, we're going to spend the next, say, four months. Mm-hmm. We're going to spend May through August focusing on culture development. What type of church do we want to have? And until you have that, don't move to the next phase. Mm-hmm. I think it's okay to, to think through it like that. Pastor Josh, what's the second? Yeah, I would say culture. Going back to what I said earlier, discipleship, discipleship pathway, because that's what I mean by leadership pathway as well. It's helping develop culture. It's building certain environments that you do certain things. Great, because what we noticed in planting was as you get more people, not everybody needs to be in the same room. Ah, right. So, Mm. and so it gets really messy if you don't have a defined um, team culture either. Where it's like, okay, in this setting, in this environment, we do team rallies once a month on Sunday nights, or Every week, our team does this. Then you have kind of people in that second layer of tier of, mm. of circle. You know, going back to the purpose-driven days back in the day. But right. but that's that. But I think that that goes with what you're saying. I would say my, my second thing would be big would be a financial integrity, just a, a plan on wow. mm. on how to you're going to handle finances. I don't think guys think about this. I really don't. Yeah. Um, and it's one of the major reasons that you see churches that blow up. So a strategy, spending a time on your timeline at the time where you're going to say, OK, when we start receiving funds as a church, as a local church, this is how we're going to do it. Great. You know, this is this is this, these are the checks and balances. This is who's it's not just going to the planter. You know, I didn't want to know. I didn't want to. I didn't want to who gave in our church. I didn't want to know that um, because it, it allowed me to pastor everybody. But two, um, I didn't want to be the only one that was I didn't want to be the person touching money. Right. Right. So so I had someone on our team that I trusted and there was checks and balances. They never could steal money either. So so a strategy on how you're going to receive money um, as a church from day one, because I just think if you don't if you don't have that strategy, God's not going to bring it. So, yeah. Man, so good. Man, I love that, Josh. I think not only how you handle the money, it's how you spend the money in every season of life on your timeline. Because when you're a core, <laughs> you you're a core team of 15 people, hey, team lunch. But when you're a team, you're <laughs> yeah. a church of 300 people, team lunch is a little more expensive, you know? And so yeah. how yeah, are we going to so spend good. money? How are we going to make decisions? And that, you know, a lot of guys today don't like the administrative part of it, the bylaws and the constitution, all that goes along with it. But those are important, sure. especially finances. So important. Good word, dude. Hey, the second piece for me, and I think about your timeline, is I think you need to think about the section uh, of your church where you get into the life of the church. We started with liftoff. Now it's the normal life, that second L. Uh, I think that when you're getting started, you need to begin to envision what is this going to look like when we're in our normal rhythms, when we're not launching something brand new, when we settle down and we get into the grind of the week in, week out, when not everything is a social media blitz, when not everything is a new series starting or new groups blowing up this week, but we're in our rhythm of life, we're going to live in this for a while. What do you want that to look like? 
Because if you don't have a plan for it, like you already said, Hayden, like if you don't design it, it will happen on its own. And I would dare to say, not only could it be bad, I believe it will be bad because it will be our sin and the sin of everyone else involved that'll get trickled in there unless we fight to keep that culture pure. Instead, it, things right. will just get washed in there and be like, oh, sure, no big deal. And next thing you know, it's this muddy water you don't, wouldn't even want to drink. And so uh, I think yeah. it's important to think about what does the life of this church need to look like so that you can reverse engineer from there in your timeline to get there. Great. So good, man. I love that. Life, life of the church. My third one and uh, my final one, and I feel like, man, this topic of timeline is so robust. You know, we could... We could definitely go deeper, but I'm grateful that I'm, I'm, I got three from Josh. I'm getting three from Noah. My third one today has to do with establishing milestones from prayer, mm. establishing milestones from prayer. So my Tell first one is just affirming. Yeah. Yeah. Affirming that you should have a timeline. Uh, number two is having specific time in the timeline built in for culture development, DNA development. Uh, in the context of culture. And then my third one is establishing milestones from prayer. Mm-hmm. Um, I love how Pastor Vance Pittman says it from Hope Church in Las Vegas. He he says, when it comes to timeline, don't, don't allow dates to handcuff you. Rather, allow milestones to motivate you, mm-hmm. right? So it's not like, hey, our date is... August 10th, and we're going to just stand by that no matter what, and that's going to either speed us up or that's going to slow us down, or that's the date no matter what, nothing's changing it. That there's actually a better way in timeline development that we should hold those dates really loosely and more so look for God's activity in hitting milestones. And so maybe a milestone for you is I want to have 35 people that are disciples on our team. And until we have 35, we're not launching. Or maybe a milestone would be city engagement, which I think is a crucial one pre-launch, where where you Mm -hmm. say, we're identifying an area in our city that we're going to engage strategically. It could be a school. It could be a neighborhood. It could be uh, working with first responders, some type of city engagement, block parties, et cetera, where you're saying, until we have presence in our city or in this specific community, we're not launching, right? And so establishing these milestones that are really driven from prayer. I think there's no better way to establish a milestone than to get with God, especially with your team and say, okay, God, what what are the milestones for our church before we go public, before we have a have a Sunday gathering? Because we all know this, and if you don't know this yet, you, you'll, you could find out the hard way. But once Sunday starts, it's coming around quick. Can I get an amen from somebody? Right? <laughs> right. But don't amen. stop. So you you know, Sunday happens and then you're you're right back in it, planning for the next weekend. You if you don't have these things established up front, you might not ever get to them. Yeah. So I think that that's, that's why timeline is so is so key and and really just saying, okay, God, what are these milestones we should aim for, work toward, pray toward? motivate us, God, to to really try to hit these markers. And until we do, that's going to determine the pace. Mm-hmm. That's good. Yeah. So good. Um, that's a good three. That's a good three. Come on. <laughs> that's what a good got? three. Uh, so I said team development, right? So again, I'm going to keep saying that. What I mean by that, it's kind of the totality of everything you guys are saying in a way. 
because yeah. it's like for us as a church, our our purpose statement was we we exist to guide everyday people to extraordinary life in the kingdom of God. So we were trying to create guides, disciples, disciple makers. Mm-hmm. So we had to have a a, a a runway. What I was trying to give them to to do that, they can't they can't give that up. That's not who they are, right? right. So I would have done that with our team from day one. In financial integrity, I'm keep going back to that. It's huge. Um, you know, a strategy on, on how to intake money, how we're going to spend money, budget, all that. So key. Even if it's not you, who was on your team that's going to do it? Right. Yeah. Um, I think a third thing for me would be sitting in your timeline a season of, um, I would say, of uh, reevaluating your plan. Mm. Wow. And and what I mean by that is, you know, most plants are like a bell curve. Yeah. Mm. So you start to, you, you're in that dream stage, you, then you launch, you start to, what you said, no, you start to live out what you came here to do. And at some point it starts to kind of go the other side where if you're not con- continually learning as a leader and growing in your context, uh, it's supposed to go like this, where right before it goes down is to go back up. Yeah, new life and cycle. That's what, it's, that's what needs to happen. So there's a life cycle where wow. you have to reevaluate what you're doing and realize that you're good. gonna have to change as a leader. It's good. You're probably gonna have to change with some of your strategy. Um, and I think the best way to do that is to have two things. One, a coach or two mentors that you can call to say, mm-hmm. hey, tell me, you know, here's here's our story. You, you they've, they've obviously been a part of your life, but give me some things. Help me grow as a leader. So a coach. And then um, I think a time of getting away, maybe with your team and just mm-hmm. celebrating what's happened. Um, but just say, listen, we we got to continually grow. We're at a place where we're. Um, most likely you're at a place that you didn't expect to be there. You either grew really fast. That wasn't your expectation or you grew really slow. Things have to change. That's right. just where it's the way it happens. So hmm. I think a time of, or, or you grew backwards. Oh, you grew backwards. Are you shrunk? So things happen, Dang. right? Like it's, it's just, it's how it, how it goes. Yeah, so I think a time real. of re reevaluating, having coaches do that with you in a time of celebrating with your team or evaluating with them. It's just something on your time to reevaluate your strategy going forward. It's good, so, man. It's good. I didn't have that, but I, but I wish I did. Yeah. yeah. You know? And so I think there's so much value on this, in this session. Dude, Noah, talk, not, talk it's not too late. Not too late, Hayden. You have the opportunity yeah. now to, no. to put that in. Right. Uh, so that in, no doubt. I got, I got my notes. So I busted this out at the, the last, at the Send Network gathering we just had a couple months ago. We had, you know, 43 nice. total Send Network gatherings across North America this year as we've been in pandemic. I busted this out. Mm-hmm. You guys can see that, that are on video. Uh, it's a, it's an old jump drive. Uh, now the number that's mm-hmm. on there says 256 megabytes. So you know how old that thing is. Um, this jump drive is the first jump drive I owned out of college when I started in ministry and I keep it in my backpack at all times, uh, because on that jump drive, uh, is the original vision for August gate that God put in my heart through prayer back in October Amazing. of 2006. And I keep it in my bag because I don't ever want to get away from what God called me to, because my third, my third and final piece you got to think about in timeline is you got to think about legacy. Um, I love ha- having this conversation with Pastor Josh because you know, Josh has planted a church and now he has mm-hmm. moved on from that church, handed it off to other leaders, and he now has a legacy that that he's left behind there. Wow. We all have to prepare for that. Even if we plant one church and we die in that church, there will still be a time, unless the Jesus returns, there'll be a time without us. And the, the beautiful thing that God led me to is, was to put some of that legacy uh, in this document. This is what the church will be. This is what the church will do. This is what obedience looks yeah. like. This is this is the faithfulness that God's called us to. And um, this week, actually, was the 14-year anniversary when me and two of my best friends sat down at a bread co. in St. Louis, 
and we sketched out on paper together. And I had things that I had brought from this jump drive and my conversations with my wife. We sketched out the vision for a church planting church. And um, yesterday I got a a text from a friend in the city that screenshotted um, something from social media. We talked about several years ago about that date. And and um, I just said, hey, we sat down to dream 14 years ago of this, of what this church would be and the legacy it would leave. And my friend just mm. encouraged us, all three of us on that text thread and just said, this is what the Lord has done. And he's numerated a number of things. And then here's what he left me with. He said, keep dreaming. Just keep dreaming. Keep dreaming. And what I want, I want to tell planters and pastors, so planters, you're just getting started, dream dream of what this will be. Vision is a, it's a picture of an intended future, a compelling picture of an intended future that God wants. But pastors, planters that are in the midst of it, keep dreaming because there's a legacy God wants you to leave behind and keep evaluating as Pastor Josh says, and build that culture as Pastor Hyden said. Uh, But man, keep dreaming and build new timelines all the time. Yeah. Yeah. I really like that. Noah, you know, one thing I, we've been helping our two church planters, one that we just recently sent out, another one that's in the context of still shaping timeline mm-hmm. and holding it loosely. And one thing we've been talking about is not not just having that final bullet point on your timeline, which says launch date, hooray! Yeah. And that, you know, like it wouldn't be effective to be, let's say, let's just talk about baseball, to have an effective strategic plan to get to opening day but no plan after opening day. Yeah. Was there still 180 more games to play? 161. Right? 161. My bad. I'm a, I'm a basketball <laughs> player. You know what yeah, I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> but my point is, is that I think it's helpful in the context of legacy to add one more bullet point that says, mm. now that we've launched, thinking about our next church plant, identifying a global partner, mm-hmm. uh, yep. multiplication, you know, and saying this – like the end all has not just been yeah. to launch a church, but it's been it's been church planting, yeah. Mm. Yeah. wherever which God's I, called. Which us. I think's been a huge thing for Walk. I mean, just me, you know, seeing it from the outside, now yeah. being here and seeing it, is you guys have such, done such a great job of building a culture of sending. Wow. Mm-hmm. Where I think people want to be a part of that. I think it's one reason why the Lord is blessing your church and growing your church is because 100%. that's how the kingdom of God works. You're you're a conduit of giving. Conduit of giving. And, wow. and so you keep giving, God will keep giving. You know, mm-hmm. you stop giving. It dries up, you know, mm-hmm. and so I just think what you guys have done and lived that out has, has been huge. Praise bro. God, I've seen that in the city. it's so beautiful. Thank you. Beautiful. For that. Yeah, we put that we put that in our original timeline. Yep. Mm. Identify next planter and identify next location. And some people would even see our timeline and say, you know, like, whoa, you guys are going to plant another church. I said it's in our timeline. You know, like we're mm-hmm. we're going to plan and prepare for it and. If you don't write it down and you don't have these prayer targets, right. you might not. You might you might get so busy you might miss it. Yeah, bro. Yeah. You as a plant was supporting us, sending teams. A plant sending teams to a plant, right? Because you were building in your culture, so sending, you know, a, a sending strategy. And I think I think the Lord's blessed that in your life. Praise so. God. Well, thanks, man. Pastor Josh. Guys, it's been so good. What an amazing episode. I think it's going to be fruitful for the network and for those who are considering planting. And if that's you listening or watching and you're considering planting, you want to know more about church planting with the Send Network, just text the words Send Network to 888-123. Subscribe to this podcast. Share it with your friends on social media. We'd love to hear from you. If you got ideas for future content you'd love us to speak to, we want to continue to level up as a network. And if you have any needs at all, you want to find an information, sendnetwork.com is where to go. Brothers, it's been good to see you. 
Until next time. So good. Thanks. We Are Send Network. You have been listening to We Are Send Network, a resource of the North American Mission Movement. For more information about today's podcast and other relevant resources, visit sendnetwork.com.